Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the message. We are in our current series talking about the breaking point. Glory to God. And you know, something even when Pastor Lincoln introduced this uh, new title, this new series to the body of Christ, it, the, just the title alone ought to speak something personal to your life. Amen. Talking about that breaking point is something we can all identify with. We've all been to the breaking point. It doesn't matter how old you are. You know, you had a breaking point when someone's, when you, you know, it, whatever stage you find yourself in life, because I know we have youth who are here on the phone. We have older generations who are here on the phone. And maybe you've had multiple breaking points in your life it might have been you might have been broken when he checked no instead of check yes do you like me i like you she checked no instead of check yes oh and you saw her with your best friend on the playground oh that was a breaking point for somebody might have been uh i had a relative married many 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 years and their husband died and the insurance was left to somebody else i can't get no help that's a breaking point We've all had breaking points in our life, whether you're younger, whether you're old. Sometimes we had to break some habits. Sometimes we had to break some mindsets. And guess what? Even sometimes we had to break some hearts, my God, from Zion. And so this breaking point series gets us to a point where not just because we're used to the enemy trying to break us down, but we find ourselves here right now that we're trying to get to a place in God. God has the whole sanction. He has the whole jurisdiction over this series. We're not letting no enemy in. We're not letting no devil in. This is about what God want to do. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. If you're just joining us for the first time, I'm a screamer. Yeah, I'm a yeller. And I hope you can get some clarity out of what I'm saying. But my voice don't hold up very long, so I have to get it all out while I'm able to talk. Glory to God. Y'all listen. So, you know, we've been looking over a couple of definitions as it relates to our breaking point series. And, you know, uh, one thing we want to do before, before I go any further is do our decree for the word. Amen. We have a decree that we speak over the word of God. Amen. And this is our decree. If you'll say it along with me, I decree that my ears, heart and spirit are open to receive the engrafted word of God, which is quick, alive and powerful, active in a spirit of meekness. The ground of my life is fertile to nurture and grow the seed of God's word that will produce fruit in my life this week. I am a successful doer of what I will hear today, and I will leave here today full of faith, love, power, wisdom, and victory. Hallelujah! We decree that. Amen. And we believe that and we embrace it and we receive it. That's what lets the word know that we're here on purpose. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Talking about that breaking point in our life. Amen. And so, you know, over the course of the last uh, two weeks, some Sunday passed. Wednesday past, Pastor Lincoln, Pastor Ivan Land Foundation for this Breaking Point series, talking to us about what it is that God wants to say and what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to the church. You know, I had a couple of different titles and, you know, so, so my title for today, hallelujah, is The Soul Break. Let me tell you something. Glory to God. The Soul Break. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, you know how it's a heartbreak. But this is about the soul break. Glory to God. And so for our opening scripture, we are going to be going to Psalm 119 and verse 20. Uh huh. And I'm going to tell you, we only going to do one verse because that's all I can get through. Glory to God. And it says, my soul breaketh for the longing that it hath until thy judgment 
at all times. Glory to God. And let me tell you something. Have you ever had a scripture that'll preach all by itself? This, this, it'll preach all by itself. My soul breaketh. We're talking about the breaking point. And I tell you, I don't know how to get through this message because I already got tears in my eyes. The song that was playing when we came on the radio, things that I've gone through and when we came on the, on the online, things that I've gone through in life, I thought were too hard for me to bear. God, it was for my good, but it was for his glory. And you get to that point where, because you know, we, like I said, we've all experienced heartbreak, whether you are heartbroken over what you didn't get for Christmas, you are heartbroken. He didn't propose you, you are heartbroken. Your mother thought to forsake you, but the Lord took you up. You are heartbroken. Maybe you didn't get the position. You are heart. We've all experienced heartbreak. You wanted a bicycle. You got a darn harmonica. We've all experienced heartbreak. Some things we took to heart, and then they didn't pan out the way we thought they would, and it broke your heart. But this type of break that is in this particular scripture, this is a breaking on a whole nother level. Good God from Zion. It's about the soul break. And this is what the psalmist began to say. He said, my soul breaketh, Lord Jesus. Have you ever had your soul broken? Have you ever had your soul broken? It's something that even your heart is unprepared for. It's something your mind is unprepared for. It's something that you haven't even let your faith, God from Zion, you haven't even let your faith prepare you for. Don't you know that sometimes we use our faith to keep us from believing or accepting uh, the reality? That sometimes we use our faith as a shield to say, this can never happen to me. Instead of using my your faith as a, as the, as a you know, that, that shield to say, my God, this did happen to me. Your faith, sometimes we use our faith to not accept the thing and to reject the thing where your faith is supposed to help you accept it, help you get through it. You understand? Sometimes we feel like because a thing is undesirable, that a thing is unnatural. Good God from Zion. But the Bible says that, beloved, no temptation has taken you, but such is common to a man. Whatever happened to you, it was common to a man. You man, your faith, you know, sometimes we use our faith like this means God this is my, but faith does not come to shield you from the inevitable. No, it doesn't. Faith does not come to make you invincible. No, it doesn't. Faith comes to say that whatever God allows, hallelujah, we're going to get through it. Jesus Christ. I had somebody I was talking to just this week and all oh, they were so upset and, and, and this was, they were so crazy. They was upset about my life. How you get that out of that? They was upset about the way I was handling my own personal trauma. And I told them, I said, you know something? God never told us what our testimony was going to be. I can't get no help now. God didn't tell you what your testimony was going to be. Sometimes your testimony is what it is, baby. You have to take it and roll with it. And sometimes your testimony, because our souls are saved. Amen. And sometimes that soul feels like it is breaking. Here in our scripture, the psalmist, he said, my soul is broken. And let me tell you something, this word breaketh, it means crushed, my God. He said, my soul is crushed. But look at why, he said, my soul breaketh for the longing that it hath until thy judgment at all times. Y'all, we going right here to where, where few people have tread before, amen. My soul breaketh for the longing that it happened to thy judgment at all times. The psalmist's soul is breaking 
the psalmist's soul is crushed, not because God has judged it, but because he has it. Y'all, I just have to close my eyes and sit back just a little bit right there. I don't even know where to look on this phone to make eye contact with you, but I need to look you in your face because so many times we brace ourselves. And I, I taught him this a few weeks ago in devotion, the difference between bracing yourself and girding yourself and how God never told you to brace yourself. He told you to gird yourself. And so many times we spend our our, our our life in brace position, you know, paranoid about what's going to happen. And what God told you was to gird up your spirit, man, so that come what may, whatever happens, you are girded by might in your inner man so that you have fortitude and so that you can go on. But this is what the man of God says here. He says, my fortitude broke. <laughs> that last thing, God, you put me through, my fortitude broke. That last thing, God, you put me through, the last thing life put me through, the last thing you allowed me to go through, the last process. Let me tell you something. It is so easy to scapegoat the enemy. But one thing I heard my senior pastor Lincoln Nelson say is that the devil is an employee of God. Glory to his name. He's an employee. Come on now. And so when you begin to look at it in its context and you say, God, my soul, you know, we we, we hear about the soul. And what is the soul? It's the will, the, the emotions, the intellect, it's all of these things, you know. And I look over here off screen. And I look at the definition of soul. And he says, the, it says here, the soul is the self. Oh, it broke me. You understand? It didn't just break my heart. It broke me. It broke everything I thought was true. It broke everything I thought was real. It broke what I thought I knew about myself. It broke what I thought I could take and what I thought I couldn't endure because I thought I had already been through enough that I could go through anything. You know what I'm talking about. You know what I'm talking about. You've been through one thing in your life and you thought that when you went through that, you could go through anything, but you didn't know what was coming next. You didn't see it. You couldn't tell it. Hallelujah. And you said, oh, wait a minute. When, when cancer hit my house, I thought that was it. I said, this is the worst thing you can go through. That was a deception. And here the reality, the thing that was worse than that, Still ain't the worst thing. I was telling somebody just this week. I said, babe, let me tell you something. What would you trade your testimony for? We had a lady that came and spoke at Church of Philadelphia some years back, some years back when we were on Derrida. And the lady was preaching and she was talking about how somebody had broken a bottle, a beer bottle, and raped her with that bottle. And let me tell you something, I never forgot that long as I live because I say, you know, so many times we anguish over what our testimony is. But God, I never forget God spoke to me in that very moment because I was going through one of them times in my life then too where you think you have the worst testimony in the room and nobody understand where you at. And this is more than you can bear. But when she said that, I said, God, I'm good. I, I ain't trying to be funny. I said, God, this is the question, y'all. So you don't like your testimony. What would you trade it for? Yeah, because see, that testimony, I hadn't heard it before. But when I heard it, I said, yeah, you win. I don't, I don't want none of that. You see, the soul, it says the life. It says the creature. It says the person. This is all the definition of soul. This is everything that broke 
in King David. This is everything that you can relate to. If you find yourself in one of these things, I'm going to say your soul has been broken. And maybe you've been trying to get over a heartbreak, but maybe that ain't been what the break was. Good God. Oh, God, healing coming right now. I feel him right now. Because somebody been seeking healing. But God said you haven't identified the break in the right place. Good God. Come on now. He said, my appetite is broken. Lord Jesus, see, let me tell you something. When your appetite gets broken, it don't always come with you don't have an appetite at all. See, this is what happened to me. Because sometimes when you know when you when you're young, because you know everybody get their heart broke, they first do thing, and I was I will never forget it. I'll call his name. I don't call his last name. His name Mike. It ain't the same Mike that's on the call today. So I ain't talking about the man of God. But let me tell you something. That that mother named Mike, he broke my heart in high school. I never forget it. I called. I'm trying to get him back. Let me tell you something. I called Mike one day and Mike said, I'm gonna call you back. I'm eating. Now, when you get your heart broke, you know to take your appetite. And so I had not ate. I I was I was just in heartbreak. You know, you're young, you can't manage pain well. But I'm going to tell you something. The very minute he said he was eating, oh, my soul got free. I said, I'm sitting here hungry. I can't eat. I'm crying. And he eating. Y'all, from that day to this, when I've been eating every time you say, which is not a good thing, but I'm just telling you, it, play, it plays a part now because you don't heal from some soul break. And see, he, it says here that the soul is also the appetite. And but when you think about this appetite broke, it don't mean all the time that they went on a fast. I can't get no help. So maybe you didn't go on a fast, but maybe you went on a binge, good God from Zion, because your appetite broke. Your appetite that used to be satisfied with healthy things, it broke. And now it's something I got to feel. You know, I need a rush. I need a rush. Give me sugar. Or maybe your appetite used to be satisfied with first. And now you empty. So now you need second serves for some fence. The appetite was broken. Uh-huh. The appetite was broken. Maybe you used to be okay with just your spouse. But when your appetite get broken, now you need porn. Now you need them to do something different. Oh, your business. Maybe you got your, your soul broken church. Now your pastor word ain't good enough. Now you got to have a word from everybody. And you a Facebook word, a hoe. Every prophet on Facebook you reposted. Oh, my God. Your soul got broke. And when you used to have your appetite satisfied, now your appetite is out of control. It's out of control, you see. You begin to indulge. Some people begin to you know, withdraw and they began to abstain, but I want this message to be all inclusive. I want you to find yourself. Uh-huh. And it says the mind, the, the, the psalmist was saying my mind broke and my desire broke and my emotions broke and my passions broke. And it said my breath, even your breath comes in spurts. Sometimes, oh, Jesus, I know by the spirit of God that somebody has found themselves holding their breath. The breathing pattern of inhale, exhale, inhale, exhale has been broke. And maybe you find yourself sometimes just sitting. And then you find yourself having gone for seconds and not have breathed at all. Or maybe your breath does this. It's called anxiety. It's called panic attacks. Come on! But the breaking, the breathing pattern and rhythm has been broken. All of these things are in the soul break. Uh-huh. 
And it says the person, the individual, the activity of the mind. Remember how you used to keep your mind focused, my God, from Zion. But now the activity of your mind is broken all the time. You can't hold a thought to save your life. Hallelujah. You can't hold. Go in a room, you can't remember what you went in there for. Check your soul. I'm a Sunday, and I am a say you go to the grocery store and you, you, you had a list and you forgot what was on you, forgot to have the list. You forgot to put something on the list. Your thought pattern is broken up, Lord God from Zion. And I'm a soul, your thought pattern finds itself broken. That's what it says here. It says the activity of the mind. I was trying to keep my mind stayed on Jesus. Oh, but the activity of my mind when my soul is broken. It's hard to keep your mind on one thing and you split you from this to that. One day you want to be this, the next day you want to be that. The one day you'll think about it. You go three days and find out you didn't think about it. And I meant to think about it. And you, you'll find your thoughts all over the place. And, and you try to think on one thing and there's something else jumping your mind and you need to remember that. And where was I? Oh, where was I? Spirit on the phone and all around my house. Where was I? <laughs> Come on, you already fortified your heart more than that. It ain't, they're breaking in your heart. They're breaking in your heart. Yo! And, and if you think it is, you'll miss it. You'll miss your healing. You'll miss your healing. <laughs> you'll miss your healing. Uh, my husband said something to me funny this week. He said, uh, he said, you ain't this is, I'm sorry, y'all, this is the truth. He said, you ain't thinking about uh, men, are you? And I said, heck to the no. <laughs> like, first of all, if I was thinking about men or other men, he just said men in general. I said, first of all, if I was thinking about them, I'd hate them. No, like, my heart ain't said no. Like, are you kidding me? No. Ah, uh, but so you know that it's not your heart that's broken because, come on, you would never let that break your heart. <laughs> you would never let that break your heart. Not again, not twice. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't fall for the same okie doke, but you didn't know that this break went all the way to your soul. Because let me tell you how you know, because if your heart is broke, let me tell you something. God will give you a new heart. Yeah, he'll give you a new heart. Present worship told you, new heart, new mind, new will to serve you. Faith to conquer in my new season. Oh, but when you gonna get a new soul? God saves the one you have. He don't replace the one you have. I can't get no help. you have but he don't replace it where am i gonna get a new soul when my soul feel like it's broken and let me tell you something a good old soul break will make you distrust god yes it will because remember you gave your soul to him and you're wondering god if you got my soul how did it get <laughs> if you got my soul god how did it get broke I'm telling you, the right heartbreak will make you distrust God. It'll make you distrust God's people. It'll make you don't want to read no scripture. It'll make you read it with cynicism. I can't get no help right now. And I don't know about you, but I find myself being a cynic. I done got cynical about everything. I done got cynical about marriage. I done got cynical about children. I done got cynical about other people's happiness. I be like, that ain't real, child. You a lie. You, you a black lie. That ain't how it really work in real life. I become a and if you have become a cynic, your soul 
got a break in it. Got a break in it, y'all. Let me tell you something. He said, my soul breaketh. My soul is crushed. But this is why. For the longing that it has. Let me tell you something. This word longing, it meant, y'all check this out. This word longing, it had two derivatives in the Hebrew. One part of the word meant to loathe, which means to hate. And the other part of the word meant to desire. And loathe and desire came together to produce the word longing. We get ready to go somewhere, y'all. Let me tell you something. The word longing means to loathe and to desire. Let me tell you something. The battle that is going on in you now, because, you know, we talked about the heart. You know, we're used to the heartbreak. And your heart, you know, fortifies itself. The heart don't want to be broke. I get it. But your soul knows that it has to be. Your soul knows it has to be. Your heart don't want to be broken, but your soul knows that it's necessary. And see, this is why you feel at war with yourself. And this is why you have this thing going on where you look at somebody and say, I know you're going to hurt me. But if I don't submit to it, I'll only be hurting myself. My God. Have you ever tried to keep someone or something from hurting you that you are only hurting yourself in the process? Oh! Anybody ever had that real kind of pain? I was trying to keep you from doing it, but it only ended up happening to me. I end up doing it to myself. I was trying to keep my husband from breaking my heart, but I was so still hearted, so hard hearted in that process. I end up doing it to myself. I was trying to keep love from her, from her breaking my heart, but I end up letting every opportunity to be married pass me by and I end up breaking it and doing it to myself. I was trying to keep all of this. I was trying to keep myself safe, safe from the next disappointment. But then when I saw in hindsight that the only disappointment I have now is that I did didn't try, my God. And you find yourself with your heart trying to shield you from all of these disappointments and from all of these breakings and from all of this hurt that your soul knew was necessary anyway. That's why it's your soul that tells you, go on and do it anyway. Yeah, your heart is going to hurt, but go on and do it anyway. It's worth it anyway. Love is worth it anyway. Doing it is worth it anyway. Pursuit is worth it anyway. The career is worth it anyway. Ministry, hallelujah, it's worth it anyway. Now, that word longing that means to loathe and to desire. Because remember the heart, the heart wants to preserve itself, but the soul is like, God break me, and this is the warfare. Let me let me explain your warfare to you. The warfare that you have now is about the loathe and the desire. It is about the love-hate relationship that your soul and your heart have with one another. Lord God, have mercy. It's about the love-hate relationship between the heart and the soul. My God, from Zion. Anybody have you Oh, I'm trying to quit yelling so my words will come out clear. But have you ever 
felt this internal love-hate relationship between your heart and your soul. My God from Zion. Because sometimes, y'all, my heart would have did some stuff that my soul wouldn't let me do. Because sometimes, baby, my heart will show you, oh, yeah, my heart will show you how to do the darn thing. But my soul say, no, Keita, you can't do that. Sometimes my heart say, yeah, I'll cheat on you. But my soul say, no, you can't because you can't cheat and stay safe. Good God from Zion. Oh, good God from Zion. Sometimes that heart, yeah, yeah, the heart, oh, you know, the heart is just is deceitful and it's desperately wicked above all. Who can know it? My heart, I'm talking about MK's heart now. My heart is treacherous. And sometimes my heart will put something on you. But sometimes my soul says, Kita, no, don't, you can't do that. And you feel this love-hate relationship. And sometimes it go vice versa. Well, you, 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 you be mad at your soul. Like, why we got to be saved now? Man, we got saved too early. We got saved, we got saved too early. And now, soul, any other time, you would have wanted to backslide. Now you don't want to backslide. What's up with that, soul? You're going to tell your soul, like, soul, come on, I need you to cooperate. But your soul is longing for God. And sometimes it feels like the soul is dragging you along for the ride. I can't get no way up right now. Yeah, I can see y'all helping me. Thank you. Hallelujah for your help. And you feel this dichotomy, this pull, this twist, this tug of war uh -huh, going on between your heart and your soul, where sometimes they have this disagreement about your life and how you want to live your life and your own will. Sometimes I feel like your will is caught in the crowd. Oh, God, I'm Oh, sometimes I feel like your will is caught in the crossfire. Anybody? Anybody ever felt like sometimes your spirit is caught in a crossfire between your heart and your soul? This is what I'm talking about. That soul desire, what Minister Marcus just talked about. That, that three-part being that Pastor Lincoln has talked about. When you feel like every time you try to be spiritual, it's caught in a crossfire. Every time, you know, you try to bear your soul. God! Because sometimes, I ain't talking about soulless power, but I'm talking about you ever tried to bury your soul to somebody, and sometimes you feel like your soul is even caught in the crossfire of how spiritual they want to be at the moment. <laughs> Any help? Any takers on that? I'm trying to bury my soul to you, and here you come with your deep self, and I can't tell you nothing, and my soul is caught in the crossfire of my spirituality. Don't have a title. <laughs> don't have a Title. See my sign language, that means both. Don't go through y'all have a title and, and you trying to tell somebody, listen, my soul is breaking and they want to go pray. No, my soul is caught in the crossfire because the Bible says we're natural first, then we're spiritual. And you want me to go pray about something we really need to talk about. And you trying to use prayer to deflect. Uh-huh. Because you feel like I give, oh, I let my girl to get you now. Because you feel like if I get my answers from God, then you don't have to answer. Oh, you deceiver, you. And then you wonder why Christian marriages break down because the heart had no recourse, because the soul and the spirit was in, in war, and the heart had no recourse. So the heart says, well, I'm going to take my love and I'm out. And then you end up all over the place. 
<laughs> because the warfare that is going on between that three pod, you know, that 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 trust, that try you being, and you see, y'all see my sign language, that's three. That three <laughs> that makes up you, your body, spirit, and your soul. Don't throw your mind in the mix. Your will, your intellect, your heart, mind, spirit, body, and soul. Uh-huh. Caught in the crossfire. Because the soul is longing for something. The soul is longing for something. Let me tell y'all a quick story. What time? What time? Okay, we good. We good. Let me tell y'all a quick story. My daughter. I ain't gonna tell you which one. I'll point to it though. She off camera. My daughter came and she said something to me last week that she said, Ma, she said, how do you know when you found your soulmate? Baby, let me tell you something. I said, soulmate, the cliche. I said, because I don't want you tasting after the cliche of the word when you think soulmate. I need you to understand that there are no soulmates. Now, that's unpopular, but let me explain it for a second. The Bible says that when God breathed into Adam the breath of life, man became a living soul. But see, I don't want her chasing. It's kind of like, uh, I'm here to make you mad, but I'll explain it later. Tell me if you need to know. It's kind of like Black Lives Matter. The difference between the movement and the sentiment of the phrase, you know, because the movement doing, doing, doing a whole nother something else. But the sentiment of the phrase, do I believe Black Lives Matter? Yes. Do, do my representation of Black Lives Matter look like the movement of Black Lives Matter? No, it does not. Comedy, you don't like it. Talk with me. You know what? 704-657-5011. You didn't catch it. It's on tape. <laughs> but my point was, is that soulmate itself, I did not want her chasing that, that phrase. I wanted her to have some definition to it. And I said, baby, when God breathed into Adam, the breath of life, the Bible says man became a living soul. I said, but let me tell you something. The Bible said that when he made Eve, it said he it took up his rib and he made Eve. I said, and Eve had to take a breath for herself, my God. I said, it took up Adam's bone. He didn't take up Adam's soul. I can't get no help right now. I said, and so when Eve was created, she still had to breathe her own breath and become a living soul. I said, so Adam and Eve were not even soulmates. He said, this is bone of my bone, not soul of my soul. Oh, God, I'm preaching. I'm sorry, y'all, forget this thing in my ear. I thought I was trying to lean back from the screen, so I didn't yell so much, but it's in my ear, so you probably caught all of that. But I said, baby, I said, no, no. When he looked at Eve, he didn't say, this is soul of my soul. He said, this is bone of my bone. Good God from Zion. I said, let me tell you something. I said, baby, you're out here looking for a soulmate. I said, but God gave every man his own soul, and you're not going to find mate if you're trying to look for it that way. I said, let me tell you something. I said, even man, as he reproduces, we still reproduce bone of our bone. You have my DNA, baby, but you don't have my soul. Good God from Zion. I said, as a matter of fact, when you were born, I said, two people, you know, husband and wife, they still come together and they produce, you know, bone of my bone, flesh of my flesh. They produce DNA. They produce, you know, something with, with shared chromosomes. I said, but it ain't until that baby is born independently that they take their first breath and become a living soul. I said, so this is what you have to understand is that while you were inside of me, you know, you are bone of my bone, but and you are flesh of my flesh, but you are not soul of my soul. And I, you know that that nefesh, you see. Ah, and I told her, I said, you didn't take your first nefesh until you were separated from me. Oh, come on here. Your heart could 
is fully delivered. They risk breathing in that meconium or that, that maternal waste from, in, uh, from inside the sack or even their own waste that is housed inside that sack. And it, it can be very dangerous and it's life-threatening because that, that, um, that waste can get in the baby's lungs. And so this is why it's so important that you don't concentrate on soul of my soul because if you try to take your soul from within me, if you took your, if you were soul of my soul, it probably would have killed you, baby girl, or you would have had a whole lot to live through. But you are an independent soul from your mother. You did not become a living soul. You are a living being. You had a heartbeat. You had all of these things. You had, you know, your own spirit. The Bible said to Jeremiah, you know, and, 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 and all of these, I knew thee before I formed thee in thy mother's womb. We know John the Baptist leaped, you know, in his mother's womb when, when the Mary came. We, so we get all that. You're still alive. Don't get me wrong. I ain't preaching life begins outside of the womb. You ain't gonna get no abortion off what I just said. You a lie. Tell whoever you can to, they a lie. They can't take that and run off with it. But what I'm saying is the living soul, the thing that God has to save, you didn't take that in the flesh until you were on the outside of me. So we're not soulmates. You see, God had an independent soul assigned to you. That's why your soul has to be saved for itself. Uh-huh. I can cover you, but I can't make the decision for you after, you know, you get to the age of accountability and all those different things. So I said, so this is what you have to understand. I said that if your soul had not been activated after you were born, even though your heart was beating, had your soul not been activated with that breath, you wouldn't, you would have died. Your heart would not have been enough to sustain you without that soul taking its first breath. And so your soul, my God. So when you ask me about your soul mate, you got to understand something, baby. You are looking for somebody that is compatible with your heart. I said, but if you end up chasing that phrase and you're trying to find somebody, because she, she, Lord bless her, bless her, bless her heart, Lord. She wants she want him so bad, Lord. She wants him so bad. And this girl just buying her time till he come around. And, 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 and <laughs> sorry, everybody on the phone know you so I don't know who on the phone. But anyway, but she don't know. She in the floor. She just hit the deck. She, she fell out. But I gave her the warning before I did the message. I said, hey, you're going to hear your life in the message. <laughs> but hey, whatever. So anyway, and so her soul is like, that's my soulmate. I love him. Oh, baby, hold on. Hold on. Do you want everybody hear your voice? You're going to get yourself away. I said, hold on, baby. Wait a minute. Before you go chasing waterfalls, TLC, let me talk to you for a second. Because if you end up with your soul broken, I said, but what you have to understand is God has a typology of people. I said, and if you let God guide your heart, your, if you let God guide your life, that love that you think is wrapped up only in this particular specific vessel, what you need to look for is a typology of love and go and read that First Corinthians 13. I said, because that typology of love, God can produce, he produces it over and over and over again in the earth realm. I said, so if you're looking for somebody to match your soul, understand you're going to come up short. What you've got to look for is the heart of God. Hallelujah. So I said that to tell her, just like this soul and this heart and this spirit are at war, and that sometimes your soul may have to make a judgment that your heart does not like. Y'all see the rest of my verse, how I snuck that in there? It said, my soul breaketh for the longing that it happens unto thy judgment at all times. And see, the soul longs for the judgment. Yeah, that's, how, that's where I was going with all of this. Your soul is broken 
not because of the judgment that God didn't make, but because of the judgment that he has not made yet. Y'all, I tell you what, so many of our souls are in suspension because we're waiting on God to judge this thing. We're getting ready to get prophetic. We're getting ready to get prophetic now, y'all. Your heart is broken because you have suspended the judgment of God in your life. It said, my soul longs for God to judge this thing. So many times, y'all, we're so afraid of the judgment of God. We don't want God to judge. And I'm not talking about God judging, you know, when the Bible says judge no thing before it's appointed time. But what do you do when your heart and your soul knows that the time for judgment is also past? We don't want God to judge things premature. God don't want you to judge things premature. But what happens when this thing is judged past its time? And I tell you right now, you done been in some warfare past the time. Yes, you have. In some warfare we're supposed to be in the midst of right now, and in some warfare that's supposed to be accomplished, but there are absolutely some things in your life that have gone on long enough. There are some things in your life that are nothing to nothing. Too much is too much. I can't get no help right now. That's an old school phrase. Enough is enough, and too much is too much. And this is what the soul is saying right now. The soul is saying, wait a minute. You've been, you come on, you done had us in limbo. I need you to let God go ahead and have his way. This is the soul talking to your spirit. This is the soul that is talking to your heart because you keep taking your heart and you keep taking your spirit into prayer. You keep asking God, hold on, wait, wait, wait. And your soul is like, wait a minute. You're delaying my answer, my God. Do you know that some of you have used prayer to delay your answer? Yes, you have. Do you know that some of you have actually used your prayer to delay the judgment of God? Not because you fear, but because you fear the righteousness of God. You don't think that God is righteous towards you. You don't think that God is going to judge this thing righteous. You don't think, yeah, let me, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Man of God sent a word. Oh, the blessings was coming. Bless. Let me tell you something. Can I be honest? When he said the blessings is coming, I cringed. Yes, I did. I froze. Because I'm like, God, please, God, not another blessing. Let me tell you why. And God spoke to me very plain. And he said, do you know that you associate blessings with trauma? Oh, Jesus. He said, you associate blessings with trauma. And God said, you think the only way that I can bless you is to send you through another trauma. You think, cause it, and it's true, because some of the greatest blessings I have had in my life, they have came after hard times. Oh, man, y'all, I, I don't have many of financial blessings, but the trauma associated with getting that blessing. And now, every time they say, God, get ready to bless, I brace myself because, God, what are you going to do to bring about this blessing? God, okay, last time you blessed me with a great big financial blessing, it was because we had to cash in an insurance policy. And God, who you going to have to kill this time? God, who going to have to let die this time? I can't get no help right now. God, what, what kind of, oh, oh, he got his hand cut off. God, what you going to cut off this time? Oh, God, what's going to happen to bring about this blessing? God said you associate blessings with trauma. Oh, God from Zion. Anybody else can you relate? Do you know somebody? You begin to associate the blessings of God with the trauma of, uh, of life. And we think that God can't bless us unless he drags us. <laughs> Good God from Zion. I just have to look around. The carcass ain't so real. And the soul is breaking because the soul needs God to do it one more time. Anybody in here? It hurts. But God, I need you to do it for me one more time. God, okay. I, you done blessed me. 
I need you to bless me one more time, but I'm afraid of what you're going to do. I'm afraid of what I have to go through in order for you to judge it. I'm afraid, God, because sometimes I don't think your judgments are righteous. Sometimes, God, I, I don't want I don't want it because even, you know, Prophet Portia talked this one time about our 1%, sometimes in the grand scheme of 99% of somebody else being wrong, but sometimes we still feel like God judge our 1% as if it was a 99. Uh, where you at now? Sometimes we feel like God still judge our 1% as if we was the 99%. And we feel like God. Oh, God, I know I need you to set some things right in my household, but I'm afraid of what it's going to look like. Even though your heart is saying, God, this thing is time for you to make some decisions. And your soul is saying, God, I need you to make some decisions. My heart is scared of those decisions. My spirit bracing itself for those decisions. Oh, but God, I need you to make some decisions. Your soul. Because let me tell you something. If you don't allow your soul to ask God to make those hard decisions. Your soul won't even have these saved. Y'all, I went through a trauma so bad about two or three years ago. And I was convinced the day it happened, I said, God, I don't think I'll ever be able to preach in a pulpit again. You have, I know you sent this in my life to weed me out. I do not see how, God, you gotta be angry. That's the only reason you would let me go through this. That's the only reason this trauma would touch my life. You, ha you, you had to have removed your hedge of protection. There's no way this, 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 there's no way that you don't hate me to have allowed this to be my testimony. But when you look at it like that, I said, God, this is the thing that you sent to tell me that you don't need me anymore. This is the thing. I can't get no help right there. You ever feel like this is the thing God you sent to tell me to turn my papers in? You ever felt like this is the thing that God sent to say you're not fit to minister? You ever felt like this is the thing God sent to say leave the church? because Not because the church does something to you, but because you're tired of doing something to the church. Oh, let me get the tissue. When your soul breaks. It ain't because you're tired of people doing stuff to you. When your soul really get broken, it's because you feel like you keep doing stuff to the other people. It feel like you keep hurting your house and you keep hurting your children and you keep hurting your family and you keep hurting your church and you keep hurting your community and you keep hurting your mama and you keep hurting your spouse and you keep hurting yourself. And it's when your soul is broken that you feel like everybody would be better off without you. My God. You ever felt like everybody would be better off without you? See, y'all, this is where that warfare come back in because your heart and your soul feel like it. Everybody would be better off without you, but your soul and your spirit know hell is on the other side of that suicide. <laughs> and you feel that, that, that tug of war. And so you say, well, I'll just compromise. I can't get no help now. I won't commit suicide, but I'll run away. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Anybody ever felt like running away? And that was going to be your compromise between living and dying. Oh, God. Thank you, Jesus. And maybe you feel like me or maybe you felt like me recently. You felt like running away. 
because that was going to be your compromise between what you had to live through and what you had to take and what you had to deal with. And you just said, well, God can't commit suicide because I know hellfire on the other side of that. Can't stay where I'm at because this is hellfire and torment. So what are we going to do? We're just going to we're just going to withdraw ourselves. We're just going to go and just go our own way. And we're just going to, you know, abandon people. And we just ain't going to come back no more because, because surely I'm doing more harm than good. You ever felt like you was doing more harm than good? You ever felt like you was doing more harm than good? You ever been trying to do the right thing and it felt like your right was doing more harm than good? You ever, you ever been trying to say the right thing and your words get so misunderstood and so contorted that you wish you wouldn't have said nothing at all? You ever felt like, oh, you ever felt like that? Well, you wish you wouldn't have said nothing at all, but you remember that when Jesus stopped, stopped talking, he died, and you know the enemy is trying to silence you, and you try all you can to not let the enemy silence you, but yet all your words keep getting, being used against you. That'll make your soul break. That my soul breaketh for the longer that it has until that judgment at all times. And I tell you, let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Mike, go on and get my Genesis scripture, please. Bread of life, y'all, y'all hot today. Y'all doing a thing. Now let me tell y'all something. Genesis 32 and 24. It said, and Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of day. Y'all, let me tell you something. This is where I find myself. You can relate to this. It's Jacob, because remember, the soul is longing for the judgment of God, while the rest of us, heart, mind, spirit body is all bracing ourselves and we don't want God to judge because we're afraid of the judgment of God but our soul knows that it's necessary and it's breaking waiting on God to judge a thing and Jacob was left alone and he was wrestling with this man until the breaking see that breaking again that breaking of day and Josh, see, Jacob knew he had some wrong Jacob was wrong he had some wrong but Jacob refused to submit to the judgment of God watch this when you refuse to submit to the judgment of God, don't you know that you are actually engaging God in warfare? You wrestling with God, you fighting with God. You don't even you over fighting with people. This warfare is internal. This warfare is now directed toward the Almighty. You you don't fight within yourself. Now you fighting with God. The person who you was fighting with, they don't go on about their business. They, 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 they go on about their day. They go in and out. I ain't even talking about they absent from your life, but I'm talking about they have unplugged themselves. It's like you know, I ain't gonna keep fighting with you about the same. You are in this warfare by yourself, like Jacob was. You felt like you was in a warfare by yourself. You were fighting for other people's soul to be saved, but they wouldn't even fight no more. You was in this warfare by yourself. You were fighting for people to be healed. They didn't even want their own healing. You was fighting by yourself. You felt like other people was relying on your spirituality to do all the work. And they were going to ease in Zion because they knew your prayer life got it. <laughs> your prayer life got it. Your worship got it. 
you'll, you'll sing your way through it. I can do whatever I want to. I can live however I want to. You'll pray. You'll ask God to forgive me. You'll ask God to pardon me. You'll ask God to give me another chance. Ah, and you find yourself wrestling alone. You find yourself alone. And when you feel alone in your warfare, don't you know you will find yourself turning your warfare against the only person who is there? And who is there all the time? God. You will turn your warfare toward God another love-hate relationship, and you will begin to battle in yourself, and this is why it got hard to go to church some days, and this is why it got hard to sit through a sermon now without being distracted, because now you got other things that can distract you while you're at home, but don't you know that's just another way that your spirit, that your ear is wrestling with the word of God, your ear is wrestling with the ability to hear God, and, oh, Jesus! Jacob refused to submit to the judgment of God, and he actually engaged God in warfare. But look at what God did. God didn't kill him, but he left him with a limp. <laughs> Let me tell you something. Can you imagine the last time people saw Jacob? He was fine. They left Jacob alone. Jacob come back with a limp. Let me tell you something. Can you imagine how Jacob's family questioned him? Jacob, what happened to you? Jacob, what's wrong with you? Oh, can you imagine? See, this is, this is a thing you, you, you have to understand because this is not a part of the story, but it is a part of life that we know had to be a part of his reality. I, last time I saw you and this time I see you and you limping. Jacob, what happened? Jacob, what, what, what happened? He had to explain it to his friends. He had to explain it to his family. He had to explain it to his neighbors. He had to explain it to his business partners. And let me tell you something. If you don't submit to the judgment of God, everywhere you go, you'll have to explain what happened. That's my note. You have felt like people is always asking you, what happened to your marriage? What happened to your husband? What happened to your kids? You okay? What happened? You don't look like you used to. Uh, you crying all the time now. Oh, what happened to your car? Oh, Jesus! What happened to your car? What happened to your house? Are oh, you moving again? You got what? What? That ain't what you was driving last time. Oh, you done got another repossession? Oh, so another accident that happened? Oh, something else? Because you know every time you go through something, people think you, you the, 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 the God let the devil take yourself because you wasn't saving, you wasn't right, right? You can't have go through nothing. I remember uh, I, when my husband had cancer and there were a few people that I felt like should hear it from me. And I asked, well, I had five people on my list. And by the time I got to number three, I said the heck with that because people actually in their pride feel like, oh, well, uh, this is for because of this. And you, you, I had to hear such stupid stuff till I was three people in. I said, baby, forget this. And everywhere you go, you feel like you have to explain what happened. Where's he at? Where's she at? Where they at? What happened? What, 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 what? Everywhere you go. Because Jacob didn't submit to the breaking. And now, if you don't submit to the breaking, you find yourself always having to give an explanation. You wouldn't submit to the breaking, and now you always having to explain why you're still single. <laughs> I can't get no help right there. You wouldn't submit to the breaking, so now you always having to explain why your finances is not in order, because you wouldn't let God break your spending habits. Oh, now you got to explain why you always ain't got no money, why you can't go nowhere, why everybody's going to eat and you can't go. You find yourself, oh, if you don't submit to the breaking, you will always be in the position of having to give an explanation for why you in the situation and the shape you in. You don't let God break your 
nasty attitude, you're going to have to be given an explanation for why your marriage didn't last. You don't let God break your thieving and robbing, non-paying tithe spirit. You're going to have to give an explanation for why you keep earning wages to put into a bag full of holes and you ain't got nothing to show for your paycheck. If you don't let God break you and you don't let God break your attitude, what are you saying? Then you're going to have to be explaining why you stay on punishment and why your phone got took this week and why you get ready to get an eviction notice. Why? Why you got fired again? Because you couldn't submit to the judgment of God. When God was trying to tell you, you're not handling your job in integrity. If you don't submit to the breaking, why you sat down another 30 days? Why you got sat down? Why they replaced you? Why you ain't the ministry head no more? You were fired. You can relate to what I'm saying. Yeah, you can. All of us can. In some era of your life, if you don't submit to the breakings, you will find yourself always having to give an explanation. And you can say all you want to. Uh, they don't deserve no explanation. I don't keep explaining myself. But you put yourself in, in that position because everybody can clearly see something wrong with you. Everybody can see something that's wrong with you. We can, when, you, when we talk to you, we can, we can tell something's something wrong with you. Yeah, baby, they throw it out. What is something wrong? Because there was a breakdown somewhere. Because somebody would not submit to the judgment of God. Let me tell you something. I'm getting ready to wrap it up. I'm getting ready to wrap it up. In my five minutes, let me tell you something. Last Sunday, Pastor Lincoln talked about the steps. Minister Mike, he talked about the steps. And the steps that Pastor Lincoln took us through when the woman was getting her healing. It was heard. You know, she heard, came, touched, said, felt down, you know, felt fell down, told the truth. And let me tell you something. If you have walked through those steps, by now you should be ready to submit to the righteous judgment of God. Let me tell you what that looks like. Last scripture, Luke 23 and 41. Luke said, thank you so much. Luke 23 and 41, it said, and we indeed justly. For we receive the due reward of our deeds, but this man has done nothing amiss. This is when the two thieves were on each side of Christ while he was being crucified. And the one was saying, oh, you saved, the other saved yourself. And this one guy, the one thief, he submitted to the judgment of God. And he said, we indeed justly. He said, you know what? I deserve it. He said, you know what? I've been up here on this cross for so long. I've been in jail so long. I've been going through the process for so long. But God, I yield and I submit to the judgment, the righteous judgment of God. We indeed justly. I'm getting what I what what I what I deserve. But you have to trust but see why when he got to the point where whatever God was getting ready to say to him next was gonna be okay. What did Jesus say? He said, Today you're gonna be with me in paradise. And I'm telling you, paradise is on the other side of you setting your soul free to let God judge this thing righteous. I tell you, if you would just submit the breaking point that God is trying to get us to in this particular series for my part today, what I want to tell you is let God break you. Let your soul your soul wants God. It's longing for God to step in and say, God, however you call it. I'm okay with it. God, where if you it, where I'm wrong, it, God, me too, God. But I trust your love. All you're doing when you don't submit to the judgment is saying, God, I don't trust your love. But when you say, God, here I am, and my soul knows, God, that it is now overdue 
Because let me tell you something. When a baby gets overdue, that womb begins to calcify and you risk losing it. Yeah, you, you risk losing a baby sometimes anyway, early in pregnancy. But don't you know if that pregnancy goes too long, you still risk losing the baby. I know I had one that was 41 weeks and four days and she was dying inside of me. She had begun to reverse. She was dying. When they went to go get her, her placenta had calcified. And let me tell you something. You've been worried about a premature death, but what about a post with the things that you have postponed? It's going to cause you to die anyway. And God said, we've got some things that we have postponed too long. You see? And God wants us to bring our dreams out of being postponed, our hopes out of being postponed. And the only way he can do some of that is because, you know, you go through those stages. You went through being premature, then you went through lingo. Anybody in a relationship ever was premature, then you went through being in lingo. And this is all of your relationships, your friendships, your, your work relationships. This is everything. And then you went to the point where some things are beyond, and then you went too long. And then you postponed some conversations, postponed some moves in your life, postponed some business decisions. You postpone so many things that now they're overdue and your soul is crying out for those things today. You are in the timing of God. This breaking point that God has you at right now. Mike, if you can go back to my original scripture, this breaking point that God has you at right now is where you finally say, okay, God, take the breaks off my life and let me move forward because I trust that you're gonna judge this thing righteous, you're gonna judge it in love, and you're gonna, like the opening song said, for my good, before your glory, you're gonna have to trust the judgment of God because your soul is gonna break. It's longing for God to make some decisions in your life. And this is all I'm talking about, it's God's decisions. When a judge brings down his judgment, it's his decisions about the case. And God has some decisions that have been pending about your life that even your own prayers have held up. But God said, you're gonna have to trust his decisions in this hour. And y'all, I'm gonna leave y'all with that and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna